Hey there, thanks for joining us for today's weekly podcast. We are so excited that you're here. You're about to hear an incredible message from our pastor, Terry Haight. But before we get started, we'd like you to consider partnering with us. Our heart is to spread Jesus' message of hope to the world. If you'd like to sow into that mission, please visit hermesonassembly.com and click the Give button. Thank you so much for your generosity. Now enjoy this message. Let's look at Luke chapter 9, verse 18. And we're going to continue in this vein. Luke chapter 9, verse 18. This is a, the passage that follows last Sunday morning's passage with Jesus feeding the 5,000. Today, I want, if I were to give this name, uh, message a title, I, would, I want to call it Not a Fan. Not a Fan. In Luke 9.18, it begins reading, it says, And when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, Who do the crowds, or could I say the fans, say that I am? And they replied, Some say you're John the Baptist. Others say you're Elijah. And still others, that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But who do you say, but what about you, he asked. Who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, God's Messiah. And Jesus strictly warned them not to tell anyone. And he said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed on the third day and be raised to life. Killed and on the third day be raised to life. Verse 23. And then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to be sa- whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. And then the last verse today. Truly I tell you, verse 27, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. I want to read that last verse right there. Truly I tell you, some who are sitting here today, can I say, on a Sunday morning, will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. Of God. Today I want to ask you the question are you a fan or are you a follower? There are a lot of fans of Jesus, but there also are followers of Jesus. Jesus had just finished feeding the 5,000. In fact, I read in other gospels where this particular uh, conversation took place even after feeding the 4,000. There were two occasions where he fed multiple thousands of people, and, on one, and after one of these occasions, he asked the question, who do the people say that I am? Who do the crowds say that I am? Who do the, because I imagine in that crowd of five to 10,000, even at the first feeding, and then again at the second feeding, probably 8,000 or so, there were probably a lot of people that would fit in the category of being a fan. But then there are those who are considered followers. And you'll see, because by this point, Jesus is gaining such popularity 
that it was becoming a popular thing to say, by the way, I've, I know Jesus. I, I've hung out with him. I've had dinner with him. Uh, I was there the day he fed the 10,000. I was there the day he fed the 8,000. Um, there's a lot of people who want to associate and we need to be, and we, and we as the body of Christ, if you remember last week, we talked about it, we need to identify with a group of people. We need to identify with the body of Christ to be able to say, I belong to that body. I belong to that people. Those ones who follow Jesus, that's who I identify with. I, I think like them. I, I agree to, the, to what the word of God says. I agree to the teachings. I agree to the words of Jesus. I pray. I, have, uh, I, I, see, I worship him in communion. I'm transparent. I, we celebrate and share the benefits and the blessings. We, we witness the presence of God on a regular basis. These are all parts, these are all things that are associated with being a follower. But as I looked at this passage, and Jesus is basically outlining what it means to be a follower. And so out of it, I'm extrapolating what it means to be a fan versus a follower, according to Jesus. If you, read it, if you read through it again, I'm going to make comparisons. Number one, a fan is self-led. Jesus says a follower lets him lead. A fan is self-led while a follower lets Jesus lead. When I say self-led, what are we saying? We're saying in and of ourselves, it's all about me. But when we let Jesus lead, we're saying it's all about him. It's about, it's about his will, his way, his desire, what he, what he has, and, he's, and, he, and he said it to them. Uh, almost in his initial words, uh, he began to talk about uh, what it meant. He says, unless you deny yourself and take up your cross daily, what does he mean? He says, unless you follow me as I pick up my cross. And so my question to you today is, are you self-led or are you led by Jesus? Is he the one who, who, who determines your day, determines uh, what you'll do, where you'll go, who you spend your time with, what you talk about, or are you self-led? The second comparison I make this morning is this. The one who's a fan runs when, runs when times get hard. But a follower of Jesus embraces the sufferings that come along with being a believer, embraces the cross, picks up that cross. Uh, Jesus led by example. The Bible says, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the, the shame of it and endured the pain of it in order that we may have life and life more abundantly. Amen? What was, what was, did he have a goal in mind? Was there a target? Was there a, 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 was there a payoff? Yes, it was for the joy of it. It was the joy set before him, knowing that anyone who would ever call upon his name would be saved. Amen? And so my question to you is, are you running or are you embracing? Uh, to be a fan, you know, when we say we love Jesus, but when times get tough, we, what happens is to a fan who's not a true, a true follower, meaning that you're not, you, you haven't decided whether or not you're all in or not, you're kind of riding the fence, and when times get hard, what happens? You go back to what you know. You go back to the bar. You go back to the 
pornography. You go back to the drugs. You go back to the verbal abuse. You go back to the physical abuse. You go back to the thing, you go back to the depression. You go back to the things that, that you know. But if you are a follower of Jesus, even when you don't understand what life is dishing out, you embrace him and his promises. Amen? You embrace him and his promises. It's, 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 in the, it's when those hard times come that you really, see, you think you're full of faith today and now. And, and, but as long as everything's going great, hey, we're a man of God, we're a woman of God, we're full of faith. But when the moment the enemy raises his ugly head, when a moment an unexpected circumstance arises, that's where you find out whether you're really a fan or whether you're a follower. That's really where you find out whether you really know him and want him and run to him. Does that make sense? It's kind of like a husband and wife who aren't for each other. What do they do when a disagreement comes up? They run to their corners. They take their positions. That's the same way it is in our walk with God. We have to run to each other. We have to run to him. Not only does a spouse and a husband and wife in a situation need to run to each other, but we in our walk with God need to run to him. We need to embrace him. We need to say, Lord, I don't understand. Lord, this does not make sense. But that's where Romans tells us that we are to offer ourselves up daily as living sacrifices. What does that mean? We need to lay ourselves on the altar every day <laughs> and say, Lord, here I am. Lord, work through me. Speak to me. So number one, a fan is self-led. They run when times get hard. A follower is led by Jesus, and, and the follower embraces Jesus Christ. It's in those, it's in, you know, let me say it this way. I think that true praise comes out of suffering. True, true praise is when you're facing a situation and you're able to say in the midst of it, he is faithful. He is good. So often we want to blame God. Why did this happen? Why did that happen? Why did they have to die? Why did that circumstance take place? Why did God do this? But really, it's the time where we say, God, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't change the fact that you are God and that you are good and that you love me. Amen? And so I'm going to ask you the question again. Are you a fan or are you a follower? A fan is, is one who just wants to help themselves. I like one version that says, self-help is no help at all. Self-help is no help at all. He talks about if you, in the, in the past, he talks about if you try to save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you will lose your life, meaning if you, will, if you will give your life to Jesus fully, you will find that you save it. You'll find that you gain it. Uh, verse 25 says, if you gain the wealth and the power of this world, everything it could offer you, yet lose your soul in the process, what good is it? It was Queen Elizabeth I that in her dying days, so many hundred, couple hundred years ago, in her dying hours, she said, I would give all the wealth of Europe or all the wealth of England in my kingdom if I could have but one more hour to prepare myself to meet my God. It, it, it's amazing when, thing, when things happen, when things come up in our life, it's amazing how our priorities begin to change rapidly. 
how we begin to realize, are we a fan or are we a follower? Are we running from him or are we running to him? So often people in the midst of trying and testing will run away, but Jesus says, come to me, you who are heavy laden. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. And so self-help is really bondage to self, but self-sacrifice is the way of finding yourself in Jesus. If you choose self-sacrifice and lose, and lose your life for his glory, the word says, you will continually discover new life. That's the amazing part about it. When you run to him and say, Lord, my life is yours. I'm, I, I'm fully dedicated to you. I'm a follower. You'll find that more life will come. More joy will come. The joy of the Lord that is your strength. You've probably heard this quote before. Jim Elliott, he was a missionary to Ecuador along with four other men. They gave their lives on the field to win this one tribe of Aka Indians out in the in the, in, the tro- in the tropics of Ecuador, and he, would, and he, would, he was a big time, he, he journaled all the time, he wrote things down, and he wrote these words, he says, he is no fool who, can, who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Let me read that again. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose, to give his life, to gain eternal life, Amen. The fourth observation I make here is that uh, a fan is ashamed of the person of Jesus and his words. In verse 26, he says, so why then are you ashamed of being my disciple? Are you ashamed of the revelation truth that I give you? Uh, He's talking to the disciples. Verse 26 goes on to say it again in the latter part. He says, I, the Son of Man, will one day return in my radiant brightness with the holy angels and in the splendor and majesty of my Father, and I will be ashamed of all those who are ashamed of me. A fan, see, this is the thing. I know that there's two types of fans. There are those diehards that no matter what, you're going to be true to your Oakland Raiders, the bad boys of football, right? You're going to be true to the Redskins where I'm from. But a lot of times as fans, we we basically are true to whoever is on top, whoever is winning, whoever is, you know, if someone loses, you're like, I didn't even know them anyhow, you know? But if they win, what do you go around saying? Well, look, we won, and they don't even know you. And you, say, and you associate yourself with them. But we see here that Jesus is saying, if you're a follower, you are public about Jesus, you are public about his word. Uh, when people bump into you in, in, out in the, in the marketplace, they ought to see Jesus, amen? They ought to recognize there's something in you, something different. There's a person. Uh, they, they see you, but yet they see someone else. They're recognizing there's something different about you. You're not ashamed of it. You're not embarrassed of it. Uh, it's not, you, you know, you don't, it's not just something you talk about at church, but you talk about anywhere and everywhere you go. Amen. You're public about it. You know, as a pastor, my heart's desire, my, my, my goal is to be the same guy that you see me here on a Sunday morning as you would see me if you found me out in somewhere in Hermiston. That I'd be the same guy here that I am there, that I'm not two different people. The same is true of we as believers at large. We need to be the same here among brothers and sisters as we are out in public 
and vice versa. So we need to go public with him. And then there's one thing that a fan, there's four observations I see between fan and follower, but there's a fifth thing that only lands in the followers category. One thing a fan will not experience or see with their eyes. Jesus said it at the very end of uh, that little passage there. He, uh, he says, he, he talked about it, he says, there are some of you here today that are not going to taste death before you've seen Jesus in his kingdom. In other words, that they would have an encounter with him. It would be just days later. In fact, I think it was six days later, the Bible says, after this conversation, six days later, the Bible says that Jesus took Peter, James, and John up to a high place, up to a mountain place. And the word says that Jesus was transfigured, meaning that he revealed or his glory was exposed. The Bible says that his face shone like the noonday sun. It was like the brightness of the sun. They saw him in his glory. And the word says that, the, that Moses and Elijah appeared as well with Jesus. They were talking with Jesus. And Peter, James, and John saw this. What a fan will never know is to see the glory of Jesus Christ. What a follower will know is those times that you wake up in the morning and you open up your word, open up the Bible or open up your app or whatever you're reading and you open it up and you, and you say, Lord, I want to see you today. I want to witness you today. I want to sense you today. Sherry sung the song here a moment ago about the great love of God. Lord, I want to have an encounter with the love of Jesus Christ. I want to be your love personified. I want to exude the love of Jesus. Fans are not going to experience that. Fence riders are not going to experience that. People who are indecisive about Jesus or they're private about Jesus and not public about him are never going to experience what those men were promised they would experience. He says, some of you here that I'm talking to. In fact, he had asked Peter, he said, but Peter, who do you think I am? And, and Peter says, you are the Messiah, you're the Christ, you're the Son of God. And on, in another passage, Jesus would tell him, he says, Simon Peter, he would say, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. In other words, on this truth, this revelation, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He said, Peter, you say well, you're right, he said, but no teacher and no book taught you that. It was that you had your own personal revelation from God the Father. God has revealed it, and upon that revelation, I'm going to build my church. He was talking to Peter. Peter's name means little rock. It's interesting when you break down names. Simon means one who hears. In other words, that he had the perception to hear God's voice. God wants to give us all ears to hear his voice. Amen? Peter heard the, the Father's whisper within that said Jesus was the Christ. Peter became, Peter means rock. That became his identity as Jesus gave him the nickname Pebble. When you, this is what I love about coming, having an encounter with God, is that two things happen. Number one, you see God for who he is. You realize that he is God and he is good and he is faithful. He cannot deny himself. 
But the second part of that, the flip side of those God encounters is this, is that you see yourself for what God sees you as. There are so many people living in the body of Christ that still don't know what God made them for. They still don't understand the beauty of his creation. They still don't understand that you have a purpose, there's a plan. I look at these college kids up here, you know, they're pursuing a purpose, pursuing a plan. There are 30 and 40 and 50 and 60 year olds who still have not discovered God's purpose and plan. They don't know who they are in Jesus. But if you are a follower, meaning, you know what, you, you don't have to have it figured out. In fact, the day that you got born again, you had no idea what was around the corner. You had no idea what was coming. You had no idea of the wealth of knowledge and promises and benefits that you had actually signed up for. That's why David in the Psalms, he says, great are his benefits. It's like an insurance policy. You oftentimes don't know what's in it until you have an accident. Whereas with the word of God, you can read up on all of your benefits. It's not just your benefits, but it's your identity. When you read God's word, when you not just read it, but it reads you, you begin to discover who you are. See, when Jesus asked, who do people say that I am? They said, well, some say you're John the Baptist, risen from the dead. Some say you're the prophet Elijah. Some say you're maybe, you could be Jeremiah from days of old. But he says, but who do you? I don't care what the world says. I don't care what... The crowd says, I don't care what the fans say. They might have it right to a degree, but who do you say that I am? And that's when Peter said, you're the Christ. You're the Son of God. You're the Messiah. You're the, you're the ultimate sacrifice. You're the one who came to take my place. You're the one who came to bear my sin. You're the one who to remedy all my heartache and the bondages that I was born in. You are the Christ. And so I want to challenge you here today. Are you a fan or are you a follower? Are you, do you flow with the crowd when it's popular or are you fully devoted? Are you saying, Lord, no matter what, I'm going to let you lead. No matter what, Lord, I'm going to embrace the word of God. I'm going to embrace what it means to be a follower of Jesus. No matter what, I'm going to yield my life to you, Lord. It's not my own. I've been bought with a price through the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm going to give it in order that I may gain. I'm going to be public about you, Lord. I praise God. I see Max here, and I see others that were, Andy, that was here last week. They, they got water baptized last Sunday morning. What were they doing? They were going public. They were saying, you know what? This is who I am. I am a daughter. I am a son of, the, of, of God the Father, of Jesus Christ. I am, I am one of his, and he is now mine. But there's, but there's that one thing also, too, that we can appreciate. It's having that encounter with the love of God. It's having those encounters. Like Jesus told Peter, he said, Peter, some among you here today are not going to taste death until you have seen me in my glory, until you've witnessed me in my glory, in my presence, in my love. Have you witnessed him today? Have you had such an encounter? Sherry sung those songs 
that, that medley of songs about the love of God, have you had your own encounter with the love of Jesus? Not just for salvation, but for life. Something that's not just for today, but it's for tomorrow and the next day and the next day. It's for every day that we live. He's saying, I love you. I want to reveal myself to you. I want to have encounters with you. Do you realize that, that while we always look for encounters with him, that Jesus is always looking for encounters with us? That it may leave some of us in a blubbering mess, crying our eyes out with joy, but do you realize that Jesus, it leaves him in a blubbering mess as well? That he is, that he is just as infatuated, just as enthralled, just as attracted to those who love him as well? Do you realize that? That's the kind of God we serve. Amen.